You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. And in the future, Canadian Prime Minister Tim Horton will release redacted documents proving that Cheerios are actually donut seeds. And the public never knew that they could grow their own donut tree. This is Melanie. And in the future, it will be revealed that Elon Musk is really a Martian, and all his inventions were to help him get back home. And this is Jesse. And in the future, Disney will buy Time Warner, and we'll get our first Amalgam Universe movie combining Wolverine and Batman, Dark Claw Rises, starring Keanu Reeves as Logan Wayne. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast, episode number 94. Is it, though? It is, but our mystery this time doesn't come from the episode number. It comes from our our guest. Our mystery guest. From in the future. From the endgame. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard him on the show many times, but he's never actually been on the show. It's almost like I'm setting up a riddle. But yeah. Wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> he's a podcaster and an enchanted creature wrangler. I think he was dubbed at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Matt D. Hi, Matt. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Oh, oh I mean, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Matt D. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You best, fooled me for a second Best there. introduction <laughs> I was, I was ever. worried. <laughs> man, after years of of getting harassed by audio messages and uh, gnomes. We got him on the show Yay. to harass us in person. <laughs> I feel like, no, I act like he's harassing us. Well, we, <laughs> when he comes on the show, generally, when he sends us audio clips, he doesn't uh, hijack half of the episode like <laughs> a, certain jerks do. Who, so. who would do that? <laughs> who would do that? Who would? Yeah, we'll send you an audio clip. Half, 15 minutes long it's half of your episode <laughs> shortest episode ever if you're a clueless listener uh matt is a longtime listener and sender of emails as well as audio clips uh he's also a podcaster he recently launched two podcasts uh comics with my kids and 60s reboot podcast i was recently on an episode of 60s reboot podcast and as I mentioned, we at one point hijacked half of the first episode of 60s Reboot Podcast. So, dude, it is awesome to finally have you on the show. Well, I'm glad I'm glad I could be here. I, I, I really enjoy listening to you guys' podcast. And, uh, you know, I, between you and uh, a couple other podcasts I listen to, it really inspired me to do a show. And, well, what can I say? I, I love you guys 3,000. <laughs> 3,000. Thank you. <laughs> when I went on to Matt's show for – it was episode three – of 60s Reboot Podcast. And I was like, man, it's so good to finally talk to you. And he, he says, he's like, I talk to you guys all the time. You just don't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I'm I like, oh, that. yeah, he probably, he probably does. Yeah. Lots of people, if they listen to us, are probably yelling at us. On the other <laughs> <end>. yeah. <laughs> Especially I mean, if to. we're talking about Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this episode... Matt's joining us to talk about 
the poll list pick. That's right. This is a poll list episode and a guest. It's not very often that we'll have a guest on a poll list. I think, no, Patrick was on just a regular episode that we talked about a comic, right? We had Dave on our poll list. <gasps> That's once. right. I so knew there was somebody. I think, yeah. I think this is only the second time it's ever happened. Awesome. But yeah, Matt sounded, he sounded interested in the book we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get to what that is, if you listener didn't look at the episode title, although the episode titles I think are going to become more and more obscure as I care less and le- <laughs> less and less about like <laughs> it's people less being able to find it. Less of a Harry Potter title and more just straight shenanigans like season one. Exactly. Which exactly. is n- not even, we've not even ever done seasons. So there we go. Se- season, <laughs> season one is essentially years one through four. Four and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is a poll list episode. What's a poll list? If I don't scowl about, nobody's going to jump on it, are they? Uh, No. Poll list is a list that's a a poll and you vote on it. (laughs) The same every time. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Is that that a poll you climb or, or, or something you vote on? If you were a book, it would be a poll you climb, but since you're not. uh, A what? A book? Yeah. Yeah, because they climb up the pole as people vote yeah. for them. Oh, that was, a, that was above my head. That was oh, pretty good. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a list and a poll, and if you're a book, you go up the poll, and if not, you just vote on it, and then when you have the most votes, we read you. <laughs> I like that you're putting the listener in the place of the book. That's fun. Go to grolicspodcast.com. It's our website, obviously. And you can find it on the front page. On It's in various places. But you can vote on the poll, whatever has the most votes at the end of the month or by the time we go to record the next month's episodes, uh, is the winner. And then we read that and review it on a future episode. If we love it, we'll tear it apart. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> if we hate it, we'll oh. be like as polite as possible. <laughs> True. We'll be polite, but we will tear it apart yeah. a little bit. Either way. I'm assuming, Jesse, you might happen to have the website up in front of you. I do. With the next next winner, what we'll be talking about next month. Winner is coming. So the winner for next month is Deadly Class with 38% of the vote uh, with uh, House of M and Marvel Civil War right behind it. And Exo Manowar joining the list, which is, uh, I don't think we've done a Valiant comic. That's our first Valiant. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done a Valiant comic no. on this show. Yay. I don't know that I've ever read a Valiant comic, to be honest. I mentioned uh, I mentioned Faith on, on the show a few times when we do, were doing recent, oh. recent reads. But um, yeah, we've never collectively read a Valiant. Exo Manowar is really good. And it's written by shooting from the hip Jim Shooter. Huh. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Matt, I'm very curious. I imagine you might have added a book or two in your time to the pull list. I could be wrong. No, no, you're right, you're right. What have we you added that we've covered in the past? Because I want to know. <laughs> because, <laughs> I want to know who's doing this to us. <laughs> I, I want to know who's responsible. No, I want to know. Well, I'm curious as to like, because that when. Okay, so last month we did Wonder Woman Paradise Lost. and. Sorry. That was, was that you? Sorry. Dude, don't be sorry. So <laughs> I suspected it was you by your your reply. I, I think it was on Twitter. And you're like, you know, oh, uh, you know, I can respect that. A uh, fair and <laughs> fair, fair and honest balance, review. But, uh, 
Yeah, fair and honest <laughs> review. En- enjoyable episode. I'm like, oh, I bet that was mad. I feel a little bad. <laughs> Not too bad. But that's, but that's my thing. Like, and I even met, we even talked about it on the show. It's like, okay, I did rip into it pretty good. <laughs> F, F this book. It's fine. But, but it's it's the thing of like it's not unlike when we have review copies sent to us if we really don't like it it's like dude someone's invested in this book mm-hmm. so I don't want to just come oh, out man. swinging Owl Girls was it that was tough you, you, yeah because but then we had then we had the uh, the author or co-author right. on the show well yeah that's what I'm saying but I mean initially we were like there's like half of a half of a comic here or something you know and it was really hard to review but yeah so that one. I just added XO. Okay. Um, okay. Trinity. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the Superman All-Star. I mainly added those because I think at one point someone had said, we have too much Marvel on our polls. Mm, we yeah, need nice. more than just Marvel. I mean, so I was like, hmm. Well, let's see. How about DC? So I I'm going to make list. him regret that. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, Grolixers. <laughs> All right. So so then, Matt, why'd you do it to me? This Wonder Woman. This Honestly, Wonder Woman. Lost, do you like lost, it? Is it like? Is it something, one of your favorites? I, liked, or? I didn't like half the book. I liked the... <laughs> The last part. I like the stuff. <laughs> Actually, no. I liked I liked the last part more than I liked the the, the first part. But it's yeah. just I think it should have been two trades. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I I agree. I'm pretty sure I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting about that particular trade is that it's where Phil Jimenez actually started as a as the Wonder Woman writer, and then from there he. It, and it's a little unfair because it's just the start of his run as a Wonder Woman writer and artist that you don't actually see him flesh the rest of the storylines out as to what happens between Wonder Woman and uh, Hippolyta. Hippolyta, yes. So it, there, there's more going on in the story later on, but this was more like an introduction kind of thing. And and my thought was, hey, you know what? I'll hit him with Trinity. I'll hit him with a Wonder Woman book, and then I'll hit him with a Superman book. And of course. The voting didn't quite work out that way. I'm like, well, should have just not done it. It was fine. Well, I mean, that's the thing with the like with the votes, though, right? There's books that I mean, we've made, we've gotten through almost all the books now, but you know, occasion, especially like the small indie books. A lot of times, especially if it's like a really small creator or a kickstarted book, it's like that was added when it when they needed the promotion. And three years later, we're actually going to get around to it, like Owl Girls, mm-hmm. which never <laughs> went beyond issue two, I think. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, ouch, sorry, but that's the poll list. Like, that's the premise of the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And then my thing was, so when the Wonder Woman book, the, the long one, that one was like the guy when he went and stamped on him, stomped on that other guy. And he's like, no more magic. And then that was the issue because he was just trying to get rid of all the crap that the other person had written and start his own stuff. Oh, okay. Is that what it was? I see what you're saying. Basically, like, it's the start of a guy's run, so is he kind of destroying things to start over or something? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is, because Paradise Lost, um, It it's more or less along the lines of, you know, as you read, Themyscira is more or less destroyed and then rebuilt. They get rid of the whole matriarchy, and then mm-hmm. the next book, which is Paradise Found, is more along the lines of Wonder Woman trying to find her place in 
man's world and, you know, not being able to go back to Thinosphere, not because she's been locked out of it, but because everybody there doesn't want her around. That makes more sense. It makes me, I get a better feel for the book. It makes more sense to me now than it did before. And that's that's what it is. It's like ending, got to tie up his stuff so I can start, you know, my thing. And that's also always the risk of reading a trade, a collected, you know, Mm -hmm. where, I mean, it's, at least these kind of stories felt contained to themselves. So, you know, you're Mm -hmm. not like getting shorted, you know, or missing, but you do miss out on the wider context of the series that they're pulling these stories from. Right. That goes to my thing. It's like, if you're reading that Wonder Woman series, I'm sure this is gravy. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's one of the the hard parts about going back and rereading some of these older stories. I mean, because I believe the publication of this was like around 2001. So like uh-huh. the whole front part with Batman that actually had to do a lot with what happened after no man's land and contagion, which if you haven't read that, you kind of clues as to what's going on. Cause there was like a, a larger bat family. Basically it was the 90 or the two thousands version of, of resetting the button on Batman. And I, I don't have a lot to talk about that because I read maybe a few issues of that. And then that was kind of like when I was in college and, I just didn't read as much Batman back then as I, as I do now, which is kind of sad because right now I just dropped Batman because Tom King left. and Who came on? I don't know. Man, I'm so out of touch. It, it, they basically, I I the news even. just dropped that Tom King jumped ship uh, for, oh, okay. for something else. Like he's going to be, he's still going to be involved, but he's going to write a Batman Catwoman book instead of the core Batman title. Oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, and that's the problem with that's the problem with DC is they just have like fourteen thousand freaking Batman books. They need to just stop that. It doesn't crap. seem well. Oh, never mind. I'm so out of touch. Maybe it is as bad. It doesn't seem as bad as it was a few years ago. Well, yeah. You, I don't know how many you were you had. I was, and I was buying all of them. I know. And no wonder I don't buy. I'm kind of an anymore. old man now, and like I used to be a diehard Marvel guy, and now I don't read a single Marvel book, like not a single one. And I usually reserved like at least uh, like a multiple man book or some something. I was usually reading something, and uh, now I'm not. I don't know what. Well, happened. and it's it's Who not infected you. It's not. That's the events. I think you know, like I, I tried. That's to, exactly it. It's they're constant trying to get one new readers with reboots and stuff, and two trying to get you to pull in more books. Kind of ends up burning a person out. It was legacy. I think it was Marvel's version of Rebirth. And it was just like, okay, we've spent all this time and energy on these new versions of of old characters. And we'd kind of let them take the the reins and and we've finally established them. But now we're going to hand the reins back to the original Captain America. We're going to hand the reins back to the original Thor. It's like, what was the last 10 years then? (laughs) Why have I been reading? I don't know. Like on one hand, I'm like, I like those old characters. I, I know them well and I'm, I'm happy to bring them back. You know, but, but I read like the first couple of uh, the Captain America run for Legacy where Cap's back and it's who, who's writing that? Mark Wade, I think. And they were good, but I don't know. I just uh, there's nothing new. And I don't you know, know. They, gave, they, they gave them their picture moment lineup and now they're like, OK, so we're <laughs> done with that. And I'll give them back to the old guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, that kind of ties into the joke I was about to make. I was going to say, 
Don't lie, Jesse. It's because of the SJW agenda, isn't it? Oh, man. It's, it's so thick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Die. Oh. Oh. YouTube <laughs> comics channels. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, I, I feel like our channel isn't really even a comics channel, but <laughs> a lot of those will pop up in our, like, suggest when I'm on the Grolix YouTube are suggested and just the titles of these videos and I'm like you give it up guys just get over it if you're not happy with 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 it stop reading it when they have like six videos that double and triple and quadruple down on the same like anger theory like uh did captain marvel ruin endgame here's 17 videos why <laughs> yeah man we're a little all over the place we'll get to our main we'll get to our review segment <laughs> we'll get in a moment there. it's all pizza I seen an interesting thing. Oh, there's a couple end game related things. First off, I watched a video where they talked to like some of the like the end game, the actors and the, and the, the writers and director guys, and basically kind of explained why Captain Marvel's role was so minimal. But they're like, not only had she not filmed, had they not made Captain Marvel yet, they hadn't even written it. So they didn't uh, really know what her character was going to be. Mm. And her character is going to be a what it is, a stuck up little I don't know, I don't like her. Melanie, Melanie's tired of the SJW agenda too. I am. <laughs> oh, oh god. Melanie's going to become one of them. She's <laughs> one of them. We're going to see a new comics YouTube no, channel. No, she's going to be gonna Wol- She's going to be Wolverine. She's going to kill them all. <laughs> yeah. If I could, man. Or you know what? I would rather be a uh, Myst- Mystique. Is that her name? Yeah, Mystique. Yeah. And I just I just be him when I needed to be him, and then I would just be awesome the rest of the time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, oh, and then the other thing is, somebody had left a comment. I think it was on the Facebook page. We had griped about something in Endgame. No. <laughs> oh. Oh no, this is good. I mean, I mean, it comes back to like. Well, they did it in the comics, so they did it in the movie, and it's okay. But, yeah, I'm sorry, listener, for not mentioning your name outright. But we were complaining that it's okay Captain America got Thor's hammer, but, like, he was suddenly just using Thor's powers. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, the lightning power is not with the hammer, it's with Thor. And somebody pointed out in the comment section, and they're even like, well, not to have, like, a, well, actually moment, which I appreciated, (laughs) but... But they're like in one of the earlier Thor movies, Odin or somebody said, you know, whoever wields the hammer also wields the powers of Thor or whatever, the lightning powers and whatnots. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, whoever so be worthy shall have the powers upon Thor. It's on, yes. my, it's on my bottle opener. <laughs> Does it have the powers of Thor? No, it has the powers to open up a beer bottle. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's the powers of later Thor. Fortunately, it is <laughs> <Yeah>. mighty. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for the comment, person. I appreciated it. I was like, okay. I mean, it says it was established, so. Yeah. Well, and we're it. not the only ones that have made that criticism either. Like, I was listening to another podcast where that's one of the few criticisms they had. Like, they were okay with all these other things, but, but uh, like, the time travel thing that I still am not over. But they were, like, fine with that. They they couldn't handle the Thor thing. Were they okay with the 
the chick lineup? No, no. I mean, okay, over, well, actually, actually, again, it was almost almost the same as what happened with us, where it was like, it was pretty bad, but I guess it's passable. But then, like, the female uh, host on the show was like, no, it was cheesy and it was dumb. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yes. well, good, good. Another comment. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. Okay, so I, I didn't want to promote that episode based on, like, listen to our female complain about the female lineup. But I seen some guys generally, of course, it's, you know, guys posting about how that was, that scene was awesome. And yeah, about time and blah, rah, rah, rah. And I was just like, oh God, come on, come on. All right. I'm going to have to do it. So basically I was just like, you know, listen to this to hear Melanie's hot take and how she was uh, not happy with that, blah, blah, blah. But Patrick of Almost Educational, Make Dad Comics. He commented that Mrs. Patrick mm-hmm. was also very unhappy about that scene. See, because we're women, and so, you know. So the guys are like, yeah, they're representing the ladies. And the ladies are like, don't no. condescend don't condescend to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> very Brad Pitt of them. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll kill you. <laughs> I can kill you, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess... Are we ready to get to this? What? Oh, yeah. We 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 haven't even said it. Yes. We buried the lead. Okay. So, the current poet. Poet? (laughs) (laughs) The poet man. The poet. The current poll list winner, the one we read this last month, and we're going to talk about today. Winner is coming. Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Doubling down. (laughs) Uh, was Superman American Alien. Man, this you get this super cheap on Comixology right now. Six bucks for the whole trade. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Yeah. Okay, so Superman American Alien is a Superman story from DC Comics, of course. Uh, written by Max Landis, acclaimed screenwriter of the hit film Chronicle. Um, is that a hit film? Chronicle. Well, yeah, it did okay. Okay. Uh, Chronicle. That's the one I couldn't remember. I remembered the crappy. Well, I did. I thought it was okay, but the kind of crappy movie with the, uh, with the what's her name, Kristen Stewart and Lex Luthor, basically. Yeah. Anyway, with art by, it, I I want to say from issue to issue, it varies. I think mm-hmm. so. I think that was one of the things. Is like it's different parts of his life, so different artists. And they include Jock Francis Manipal. Jolie Jones, Nick Dragota, and more. Well, I feel bad for the more. Like, hey, where's my credit, guys? <laughs> Jay Lee, Jonathan Case, Matthew Clark. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of those names are not super familiar to me, but a lot of them are very DC artists. They've mm-hmm. been doing DC stuff for a long time and other stuff. But this is the story. This is from Comixology. This is the story of Clark Kent, a Kansas farm boy who happens to be from another planet. It's the story of a scared young kid with impossible powers, of a teenager delinquent with a lot to learn, of a reporter with a nose for the truth who's keeping the biggest secret the world has ever known. This is not the Superman you know. Not yet. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Let's start. I'll, we'll start with Matt. Matt, had you ever heard of this? And what were your initial impressions? Yeah, I, I had heard of this um, only because I like Max Landis. And when I seen that he was reading a Superman comic book, I, I wanted to pick it up in uh, issues, but I just I missed out on it. So 
this actually gave me an opportunity to read it. And I, I really, really do like it because, you know, it's a different, definitely a different take on the Superman mythos. We can get into it more, but the timeline definitely seems like the kind of the biggest change, really. Yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. Melanie, had you were you aware of this? Of course not. I'm not aware of anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I liked it too. Yeah. Uh, and it you was, liked a Superman book? I know. I know, right? And it was different. It was not super different. I mean, I wouldn't say this is not the Superman you know. It's, just, it's still Superman. Yeah. But it was more interesting than Superman has been to me before. I'll say that. Jesse, how about you? Uh, I had not heard of this book, but yeah, I liked it as well. It's uh, it, it reminded me of when we read uh, Superman's Secret Identity because like his power. Very much, yeah. You know, like he's... Uh, establishing his powers and it's steeped in more of like the world that we're kind of used to, you know, like they're using smartphones and, and I mean, like there's just a lot of things that are recognizable in the world in this take. And uh, he didn't feel like super invincible at the beginning, you know, like he, Mm -hmm. it seemed like he had more weaknesses minus having to use kryptonite to weaken him. He got shot and it bloodied him up. I had heard of this. I'd never read it before. Max Landis is, Somebody I think I became more interested in after initially hearing about this, but this was coming out and I want to say, um, it, I just heard good things. It was getting good reviews and I loved this book. (laughs) I thought this was great. Maybe it's Max Landis. I kind of want to read more of his stuff, but reading it, I'm glad you mentioned secret identity because I I was like, we've read the Superman origin Mm -hmm. Uh over and over. Like even beyond Secret Identity, we've read it in various versions for different books. You know, it's it's the Superman origin. You you hear that story over and over. And this isn't wildly different. Like for the most part, it could almost be canon with the exception of, like I said, the timelines. Like I don't think generally, I don't know, just like the idea that he gets the idea to be a superhero from Batman, I thought was weird. And he's like, mm-hmm. got Batman's cape. I kind of love that though. Like that, that was what made this so different. Aside from that, what is different about this? Because I'm... everybody freaking knows who he is. Maybe <laughs> everybody in Smallville seems to, I know that's insane. How are they going to do that? Biggest but... cover up in the small, in, 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 in a small town, you know, Nobody talks Illuminati to confirmed. You can't keep, this is more realistic. You can't keep secrets in a small town. Yeah. yeah that's um, true. But, I was like, oh, another Superman origin story. But this, man, it had me on board instantly, like right away. Like Mm -hmm. that opening, those opening couple pages, that's a good hook. Thinking about it, because I like Secret Origin quite a bit, and I kind of feel like, not Secret Origin, Secret Identity. But I like that quite a bit up to a certain point, you know, and it, it wasn't bad towards the end. But I think retelling the Superman origin works because... That's when he's not boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because after he gets his confidence and he's essentially totally invulnerable and he knows what he's doing, he's milk toast. He's so boring. Unless and you this, do something he, strange with him, like make him uh, Russian. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you gotta go, gotta get extreme to make him interesting again. But this, like, he's vulnerable. He is vulnerable. And he doesn't know, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's the most. You see the most Clark Kent while he's Superman in this than you've seen in anything else. So I liked this a lot. I liked that they had that that bit with him in the cornfield where he looked it looked like Brightburn, and I'm like, ooh, oh yeah, going on there. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I thought that too. 
You no, know, I have to I have to agree with you there, Randy. Because I mean, it's definitely more of a human tale than a superhuman tale. That's what I liked about it so much is that it was more about Clark Kent from Smallville and less about Superman from Krypton. He just seems so much more relatable in something like this than he generally because you can't relate to Superman most of the time. Mm-hmm. They gave him a best friend. There you go. That made it. He has a friend that knows who he is, and like they fight. Oh, Pete Ross. We well, actually real, got Pete Ross. He's a Ross real person. <laughs> yeah, I guess I like I like that he brought Pete Ross into this because I mean, if I remember right, Pete Ross has been uh, was a Bronze Age character back in the day. Pete Ross was uh, Lex Luthor's vice president or something. So then, when when uh, Lex gets taken down, Pete becomes president. Could I say one more thing? Please. Keep he it. was never a freaking delinquent. I don't. That was stupid. He, Superman. He, yes. He didn't do anything delinquent at all. He oh he went and stopped those people, but that wasn't him being a delinquent either. It's just dumb. Did it's they, a dumb statement, and they should have put it in there. Who said it? The uh, comicsology um, summary. Oh really? I, I didn't. They catch called that. him a teenage delinquent. He was a small town teenage boy. I wouldn't call him a delinquent because what they went and parked somewhere and were drinking some beers. I'm guessing that would I guess make somebody a delinquent. No, that but, would make them like every other person on yeah, the planet. Yeah. Whatever. They got to get their hook. I don't know, man. There's so much in here I liked. I enjoyed the humor. There's, I, I enjoyed the whole bit with Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I want to party with Ollie. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing that made me laugh out loud, which I don't, I don't usually do, especially in uh, Superman books. Reading a Superman book. The first time he like stopped a crime, I guess. Well, no, I guess not the first time. But in the city, the first time he did, mm-hmm. and he dropped the people off, and the guy, the guy, one guy turns to the other guy, and he's like, "I myself." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was not expecting that, and I freaking cracked up. And then the people were staring at me, and I felt stupid. There was one line that kind of, I mean, it's so dumb, but later is after Superman's like a big thing in the city. It's just a random person on the street. Somebody's like, "It's a bird. It's a plane." Oh no, it's just a plane. <laughs> yeah. In the background, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And also, we've read a lot of alternate Superman stuff where it's all pretty much the same, but little little changes. And I appreciate the little changes here. A lot of it, like I said, seemed kind of timeline stuff to me. But I like that Landis kept it small. And that's kind of the point. It's not till a essentially galactic threat comes down, you know, mm-hmm. that's the end of the story. Once it hits a certain level, like, okay, well, that's that's the arc. Like, he's small town, Clark Kent, whatever. And then once Lobo of all people show up and he's got to deal with it like a, a larger threat, that's that's the end of the story. And that feels appropriate. And I like that he kept it smaller versus something that we've read like, was it? It must have been Superman all, All-Star. Yeah. Or All-Star Superman. That was Grant Morrison, right? Yep. Yeah. Of course, it's Grant Morrison, but he embraced like some of the weird, really weird stuff and the super sci-fi stuff. And this was, no pun intended, very grounded Mm-hmm. I don't know. That first issue especially mm-hmm. was so good and really hooked me because it was the scary side mm-hmm. of superpowers. You know, he's a kid. He can't control it. And at one point, I'm like, his his parents seemed afraid of him. And yeah, I, I like that it didn't really even focus on it that much. But you got the sense of like his dad seemed like he was really uncertain about about Clark. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was handled really well. So even Melanie, you had mentioned to me that you liked it more up until like he actually started being, being Superman. Superman. Yeah. And which I get. But I think the early stuff hooked me enough to where 
they didn't dive too far into him being Superman and it kept me on board throughout. But mm-hmm. I would agree. I enjoyed the earlier stuff the most. I, I like that getting poisoned made him drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I was trying to, it yeah. was, it was good. And, and is it Deadshot? Is yeah. Who shows yeah. up? Deathstroke. Deadshot shows up. Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Yeah. Oh, yes. Deathstroke shows up. And I'm like, what? Okay. Not as much Bruce Wayne stuff as I expected. I kind of thought that was going to come back into play. After he took his cape, you'd think he'd he'd, he'd come back. Yeah. I think he scared him. Also, Batman, you don't show up and just shove somebody's face through their laptop. That seemed very, that seemed excessive to me. It reminded me of the scene from Dark Knight Rises. Or no, Dark Knight when uh, he slams Joker's head right into the into the table, and then Joker's like, "You don't start with the head; it makes things all fuzzy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I dug the uh, the interaction. Like, uh, well, I mean, like it kind of ties into the Bruce Wayne stuff because that's what gets him in with Ollie into the because Ollie thinks that he's Bruce Wayne. So uh, mm-hmm. Clark is able to exploit this to get like really good interviews with Ollie and Lex, and I love that scene where Lex is like, "And who are you?" And and all of a sudden just goes off on him and then leaves him in basically the daycare center part of the building. I loved that Lex Luthor scene. I thought that was so – in fact, Lex Luthor in this is great. Right? One of my favorite – it's so, got to be one of my favorite top, top Lexes. But one of the things that I didn't like was Lex going on that whole big spiel like, well – it's just you versus me. And I'm like, dude, he has a freaking police communication device in his ear the whole time. How is that not getting picked up? He did have the police device oh, in his ear. You're right. There. You're right. Plus, he's a reporter. That. Yeah. <laughs> Always have that recorder on you and going. Right. That's what I'm saying. How How is not? How is this all not being recorded and heard by at least a couple dozen people? And I know. But whatever. Now, this doesn't play Clark as an idiot. Lex plays Clark as an idiot. But I do like that it's almost more of his na- naivete mm-hmm. where it's not that he's dumb, but he's not prepared for someone like Lex. Yeah. And he's not prepared for Lex's just general nastiness. Mm-hmm. And it makes him feel, you know, it makes Superman feel, mm-hmm. he makes him feel dumb. And I, I do appreciate how effective that was. One of the things that I liked the most, I'm sorry, was Robin, the way they did Robin. That was awesome. Oh, that yeah. little like detective scene he was trying to pull. That was amazing. They made him like the best detective ever. I know. <laughs> that one scene. I love it when they actually make ba- Batman a detective like he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But at the you same know? time, they grounded him too. Like uh, you could hear his inner workings and how he's like trying really hard to be this great detective because yeah. that's what Bruce expects. Oh, yeah. Which is part of the reason that they're all crazy and want to kill him at some point. Yeah. Bruce <laughs> yeah. He just needs to not. He needs to not do do that. Speaking of, I do also enjoyed that he's like, if you can guess what's in my pocket, whatever, you get the whole like scene of him kind of studying Clark Kent and doing his detective thing and breaking this down. And, you know, it smells like smoke, but doesn't smoke, took the subway, whatever. All this deducing. And then at the end of that, Clark Kent's like, you know, a bouncy ball, three quarters, blah, blah, blah. And just like tells him what's in his pocket. And he's like. You cheated. I don't know how, but you cheat. Like he, he doesn't know how, but he's like, "There's nope. You don't. No way. It's played pretty well." I wanted to hear. I like that the X-ray vision thing, and he's like, "People look weird with their clothes switching their." Yeah. And I'm like, "What? I want to know more about that. What do people look like naked with their clothes on? That's weird. Because I never it thought of it that way." Their body up a bit, yeah. especially if they're wearing tight clothes. It makes sense. It would look strange, and that's not anything I'd ever thought about. But it's something Max Landis has thought about. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty smart. It's one of those ideas where it's like, oh, yeah, I guess so, huh? Well, is it see-through vision or is it x-ray vision? Because my mind always says, okay, it's x-ray vision. So he can see, yes, he can see through walls, but it's like looking at an x-ray. You can kind of see the the skeletal structure of something, but you really can't, you know, because if you look back at like some of the, like the early fifties and sixties of Superman, his x-ray vision was more like see-through vision. But then in Smallville, it's actual x-ray vision. It's the, and I can see where Max Landis is coming up with this. It's like, you know, it's, it's that mental thought, at least for me. And I was thinking that was kind of the angle he was going to go with. He was like inferred that he tried in like, it's like Man of Steel, right? Where he sees into their body and the skeleton and the muscle and all this and he like creeped him out. But then he had that line about the clothes and to where I actually had to like stop and like think about it for like, wait, what? But I'm assuming it's going based on, for the most part, Superman can see through whatever he wants to whatever extent he wants. So if he just wants to see through a layer of clothing and stop at the skin, I'm assuming he can. Or if he wants to go complete x-ray vision... And uh, total recall gun scanner look at everything. Um, <laughs> he could do that too. Like that's how I kind of always assumed it worked. What do we think about like the strange um, cameos that they pull in? Like you, you brought up Lobo. Like that's an interesting choice to bring Lobo mm-hmm. in. But they also brought in Abin Sur, so it's pre Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Yeah, I don't. The timing is very strange. Did you catch the girl that he slept with on on the on the boat? Minerva and I, yeah, it's Minerva. It's Cheetah. But yeah, it's like yeah, before, yeah. Oh. before she becomes Cheetah, like when she's in college right. and stuff. I didn't catch none of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that one blew by me because I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I I start thinking of Thundercats. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I really I really liked about the book is you know you, you had mentioned how it was different artists for each issue, mm-hmm. and I don't know it's it's interesting because like the first issue. It was about him as a kid. The style looks more cartoonish, you know, like Saturday morning cartoon. Mm -hmm. And then each issue after that was kind of like a progression from, okay, his teenage years looks a little more darker shadows and and, and almost like the the art was trying to convey that, okay, he's no longer has the innocence of being a little boy, but he's like transforming into more of a man. So, you know, the the art was more like, I would say like early vertigo kind of style, you know, so, you Mm -hmm. know, as a teenager. I think that was probably Jay Lee right there. So he's known for the grifter and some of those image titles. Right. And so it's, it's definitely a more darker look. And then we get to the next book when, when he's, uh, I think the title was like parrot and that's when he was out with Ollie and, and that was uh, Joelle Jones. And man, I tell you what, Joelle, she can draw some remarkable artwork. It looked more like fun and, and, and the colors just kind of like popped mm-hmm. and it made it fun. And it was it just that whole theme just seemed to continue from issue to issue to issue. You know, mm-hmm. more like uh, changing the style from a, uh, hey, I'm a kid to now I'm a full grown adult. So by the time we get to the main man showing up in the last issue, it's gritty, it's dark. And for some reason, Superman looks like he's wearing like armor. You know, it's it's something more towards mm-hmm. him being more like an adult. And I just thought that was a really cool way of, to tell the story of this of, of this character, Clark Kent, going from a child to a man. Yeah, I really liked having the uh, different artist on each issue for this. I'm guessing maybe it was the first one. One of them looked very Archie-like in a way, uh, which kind of fit, you know, the story. Mm-hmm. Some of them, maybe, was it Jay Lee? I don't know. I wasn't as big of, some of it 
there's one issue, and I, I'm not sure which one, but once he hits the city, it's kind of muddy. It's just a certain art style that I didn't really care for, but it's also like next issue, it'll be different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really liked the various artists mm-hmm. throughout the series. And like like Matt, you're saying, it plays well on the theme of essentially, it feels very linear, mm-hmm. but it is still kind of essentially snapshots of yeah. Clark Kent's life up to a certain point. Definitely feels more linear once he hits the city. But then again, I want to say it's like six months, a year between issues mm-hmm. in his time frame. So, yeah. And they picked interesting like time, points in time, you know, like we've all seen origin stories. So there's like these pivotal moments in Superman's life. And these felt like those moments, but just slightly adjacent to those moments. You know, we've seen the whole crashing to earth scene. Where, you know, where the baby is in the rocket or whatever. But this is like when he's learning how to fly and why he needs a cape so that he can turn, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then find, you know, like getting the idea from Batman to maybe try doing this whole superhero thing. Like strange little moments, like finally, finally getting a little bit of of notoriety and how it's kind of going to his head, but not really. And how he's like mm-hmm. l- losing himself a little bit in the role and he doesn't even know why. There were cool moments. They were poignant moments, but they weren't like the big, like you wouldn't make a movie out of these moments. You know, like these moments would probably get cut from the movie. I like the angle of, so he started doing the Superman thing. And it's not that he doesn't know why, but he doesn't have like a mission statement. He, he's just like, well, I just want to do good things. In my spare time. He's kind of lost on it to where once... Lex kind of breaks him down a little bit. He He's really disheartened by it. Mm-hmm. I actually really like those couple of conversations that kind of basically play that whole arc out. Book ended with uh, him and um, Lois. Mm-hmm. Who? Or Lewis. Lois Lane <laughs> in, the, uh, in the cafe or whatever. And she is still seeing other people? That's weird. <gasps> There's some weird hints. Yeah, like how cosmopolitan of you. Um <laughs> Their relationship is very unclear, kind of, in yeah. this. Yeah. Because at first it's like, oh, they're, you know, whatever. They're just doing, it's the friend thing. But then it seems like it's more than the friend thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just an on again, off again thing. Mm-hmm. But I guess I kind of well, enjoy Well, at least that. on again, off again for her. And he's just like. Oh, Waiting. Yeah. <laughs> complaining to, was that Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was complaining to Jimmy at one point. I think he was complaining to. Kenny and Pete, too. <laughs> I, I appreciated this Jimmy. It was a good take. Very yeah. different. Definitely off model. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good way to put it, but in a good way. Like, mm-hmm. as opposed to something like the Man of Steel, where they initially, they changed it to Jenny yeah. Olsen until people got upset. And they're like, okay, well, we'll have Jimmy Olsen, but then we're going to shoot him in the face uh, 15 <laughs> seconds after his introduction. Mm-hmm. Like, careful what you wish for. Dead. <laughs> yeah, all that was very strange. But here, I kind of like this change. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of of Jimmy, do you guys notice the single story pages? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Because, I mean, the first one that really caught my eye was was in the first issue. Uh, I think it was called Castaway. And I think it would be like the gardening table for um, Martha Kent. Definitely there was a, a story there. Of, okay, she was pregnant at one time. They got into a car accident. It was like she might have lost the baby. Went to some serious depression. I mean, it was just there's a lot to unpack right there. 
on that page. And I thought that was kind of neat how they kind of give you a little more backstory is into, into these little individual characters with Jimmy Olsen's one, you know, he, he went and learned about Two-Face and the fact that he was the DA for Gotham City. I mean, it was just, it was a great way to tell a background story, but yet, you know, keep it short. It was like, almost like there was more than just the seven issues. There was actually, you know, 14. I feel like I missed the Jimmy Olsen one. Makes a play. I love that one. Yeah. That one was very, very, very meta. <laughs> yeah. Where he's more real than, than you are. Yeah. Melanie, did you read that one? I thought you might appreciate it. You didn't read those? I thought they were advertisements for some other things. <laughs> well, it does. I, it, I was kind of wondering if you'd do that because it does change. So, you know, the it, they're the backup stories, which mm-hmm. is not uncommon. They still do backup stories quite a bit. But it's a single, like, at least all the ones I saw. I think I missed one. But they're all, like, single page, little backup story to where a couple of them, I'm like, the Mixoplick one didn't really tie in. It was just kind of there. But the Parasite one, I think it was. Mm-hmm. That one was confusing. I'm like, wait, what is this? How does this have anything to do with anything? But then it comes back in, I think, the next issue. It yeah. kind of ties in. So, no, I yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Matt. I forgot about them. But I enjoyed them quite a bit. I thought they were actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so the, the Jimmy, pretty good for backup. The Jimmy Olsen one, the backup, um, if you f- go back and ever flip through the book, it's actually it's got a picture of Two-Face. And it's like a, a snapshot of, of Two-Face. And then on the desk is a, is a letter from Jimmy Olsen to Perry White about how if you're not going to run this story, then I quit because we discover that two faces in reality, Harvey Dent and that Gotham city has been covering this up. It's just this this long winded thing that says, you know, if you don't run the story, I quit, which kind of leads into the, I don't know if it was the next story or that actual story where, you know, Clark goes and sees Jimmy's um, exhibition for all of his photos because he's no longer working for Mm -hmm. the daily planet. I thought that was a nice little backstory and lead into to introducing Jimmy Olsen. I guess final thoughts. What'd you guys think? And would you recommend this? Yes. And I think it was good. I would highly recommend it. I think this is very enjoyable. I loved it. It's a good way to trick people into reading Superman. I'm so, I'm very, <laughs> listen, it's a Superman book and Melanie is like, yes, it's good. You should read it. That says more than anything else the three of us could say. How about you guys? Yeah, I really liked it. I kind of piggyback on what Melanie said as far as like who would I recommend it to. Uh, a lot of people don't like Superman because they claim he's milk toast or, you know, he's the Boy Scout. And uh, he is. You know, like, I feel like this would be a good one to be like, here, you're not sure you like Superman. This is, the, you know, like a lot of people say all star Superman. I think that's too steeped in the mythology for most people. This, on the other hand, I think you could hook some casual readers with. Mm -hmm. It opens so strong. I think that really will sell it for a lot of people, like right away. How about how about you, Matt? I I love this book. I would I would recommend it to anyone that wanted to introduce the 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 Superman to a new reader, and probably somebody like say ten and up, only because plug for my show, you know, comics with my kids. Uh, I got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and uh, Logan was looking over my shoulder as I was reading this and he totally liked the first issue because it was so cartoony, comic-y. But as soon as I got to the next issue called Hawk, not so much because of the the implied violence in it. He didn't really care for that. But I would say that definitely somebody who is a little older, maybe like, you know, 10 and above, I would totally give this to them and have them read it, you know, cover to cover. It does get a little intense. There's some strong language. Kids shouldn't read comics anyway. Don't let them touch them. 
I'm sorry. Ruin them. <laughs> Keep them away from. It'll ruin. Wait, it'll ruin the comics or the kids. The comics. I thought that's what you meant. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, get their. Keep their sticky fingers off those <laughs> beautiful comic pages. Um, <laughs> the violence. Once once the violence kicks in, I can think of really two issues specifically. The last one and the one where he burns the guy's arms off. Mm-hmm. Basically, these guys start like come through town just blowing people away. Just general druggy bad guys. Clark burns the guy's arms off with his laser eyes. He burns off Lobo's fingers too, doesn't he? Lobo's fingers. Yep. Yep. Through his eyelids, by the way. Okay. Yeah. I'm done with that. But, I mean, Lobo regenerates, though, so that's yeah. a thing. But still, that whole thing is very violent and bloody. And and that I almost didn't like that because he said something that abusers say. And he's like, "You may, look what you made me do, or you made me do that. Or he did, he said that thing. Superman and I hate said that, that thing? Yes, he did. Yeah. No, it seemed like he could have went dark for a moment just yeah. after that. That conversation he had with his mom, I think. His mom is harassing him and he's like not really taking it at first mm-hmm. you know he's like what they deserved it basically could have gone the, i'm not a human so i don't have to have human feelings <sighs> yeah <laughs> well, that would have been way better but <sighs> that's okay we got milk toast whatever how are they gonna cover up like this dude has no arms too like that's big news in a small town, man if that would have <laughs> happened in hooper no way we would have been talking about that for months Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the cops even like that. This is, you're making it real hard for me to cover for you. I liked how interesting it was that, uh, you know, the sheriff just happens to stop by Clark and mention, hey, you know, come with me. I want to know if you, you can see anything. You know, the cop already knows right off the bat what Clark can do. And I thought that was that was really cool how he kind of brought that in. Clark Kent, teenage P.I. I, I really like that. And at first I was because you're it's not clear at first. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It becomes clear that it seems like a lot of people know that's Superman American Alien. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it which is, is. Which is an interesting title, I guess. American Alien. Well, you don't want him to be like, you know, a non-American alien. Oh, that's that's worse. That's the that's, worst kind, yeah. I guess. Then we'd have to kick him out. God. That Kryptonian caravan. <laughs> um, I'm going to build a Kryptonian sorry. wall. That's going to be 35 <laughs> feet high, made out of pure kryptonite to keep out the un-American aliens. That the Green that Lantern does... thing was weird too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a it was a, such a tiny bit, and then just just screwed with his head and then left. There was like, but to give him that little piece piece of info. So that was another did they thing blow that made him back. Or was there like some kind of Green Lantern wall around the Earth, or was that just him <laughs> breaking the, the atmosphere? I think that was him just breaking through the atmosphere. Okay. You know, Melanie's right. That was the wall. That was um, the wall. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it was the atmosphere. And they were on it. They're Johnny on the spot. Mm-hmm. I I did like that whole bit. You kind of get drunk Clark Kent again in this little cube out in space. I always imagine that if he was passed out somewhere and you had to like move him, he'd be really heavy and you couldn't do it. I don't know why, but that's what my brain tells me. Gotcha. And then also I would I would never date him because if you broke up, you, it'd be so scary. You'd be like, he's gonna come and like tear down my house or something. Like you couldn't, you just, you just have to stay with him forever because what if, if he got mad to, and wanted to punch through a wall? Oh my God. You're like, the house would fall down. You'd have no privacy. No, no. He could always see you. I've never watched Superman Returns, oh. but I hear he creeps on Lois or something a lot yeah. in that movie. And it comes across kind of creepy. It's, yeah, it's a little weird. Brendan Ralph. Cause he's been gone, you know? So he comes back and he's like. So, of course, he's going to go check in on Lois, but Lois has got this whole life because he's been gone. 
Did you ever watch, what is that, Lois and Clark Superman TV show? Mm-hmm. He was forever, like, just floating outside her windows, little peeking in and stuff. And I'm like, I don't, that's not very appropriate, Superman. Uh, you know, I don't, it, yeah. That's on the DC Universe app. Yeah. So weird that they pick, they have that show on there. Okay, Matt. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. It's awesome. It's been awesome having you on. We'll do it again. Yep. And oh, he, I, I you're, you're, you're just as awkward as us. It all works perfectly. <laughs> it does. It, it is. It does work perfectly. Well, I'm I'm really glad you guys had me come on. I, I enjoyed talking to you and actually having you guys be able to talk back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I will pull you over to the GCU side at some point too. Awesome. Awesome. I look forward to it. We've mentioned your podcasts. Where can people find your podcasts and maybe any other things you might like write? Well, if you like comic books and you have kids and you want to introduce your comics to your kids, check out Comics With My Kids at comicswithmykids.blogspot.com. And hey, do you like the 1960s? Do you like TV shows? And you ever notice how today's shows are just rehashes of old stuff? Well, come check out 60s Reboot at 60sreboot.blogspot.com and listen to me and a guest or just myself or maybe a mythical creature recast 1960s TV shows. And then you could also follow me at 60sreboot2 on Twitter. And you can listen to everything that I have on the great EMC network. Yeah. Electronicmediacollective.com. Go there. Listen to all the stuff. Well, listen to our stuff first. Listen to, <laughs> listen to Matt's shows and the Grolic shows. And then listen to Roman Podcast, Gallifrey Stands, all that stuff. And, and That's lots great. of I like how I like how he he turns this into, like, he's like, spins it into a, a promo that I can jump in on. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's synergy, man. <laughs> well, Matt's on the show, so we probably don't have any letters, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a letter from Matt? I don't think I do. That would be letterception right there. It would be. <laughs> You'd I, have to react I, to your own letter. <laughs> I should have written you a letter apologizing for the Wonder Woman so you could actually read that now. <laughs> That'd be an interactive letter, which would be amazing. Um, no need to apologize. I can't believe I didn't get through it. That's the first time. You were you were having a very frustrating time at that time anyway. I should have waited. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like I said, the only other book that was I was that close to not finishing was that Star Wars that we read forever ago that I was actively mad about. <laughs> I feel bad for whoever requested that book now that I think about it. <laughs> I didn't I don't think I held back on that one at all. That that was not me. Hey, this is Jerry. You uh you ever want to make your own podcast? Don't know where to start. Don't know how to get any anywhere on it. Totally lost in the dark. Like you want to make a podcast with this epic craziness with dragons and fireballs and Daenerys and oh wait, that's Game of Thrones. Never mind. So you want to have an epic crazy podcast? Check out podedit.com. Randall Sylvia will help you out. Number one guy out there who can help you edit a podcast, get you started. Good rates. Podedit.com. Check it out. He gets Jerry's seal of approval. This is Matt. I'm Lobo, stupid. You think you can mess with the main man? Oh, Grolix. This is Jesse. All those things I can do, 
all those powers, and I couldn't even save Grawlix. This has been Randy. Oh, my Grawlix. They're terraforming. This is Melanie, and this one is for Matt. You're so Grawlix, and you don't even know it. Thank you for listening to the Grawlix Podcast. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grawlix Podcast, visit GrawlixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Grawlix Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once. Was Superman American Alien? Somebody needs to build a wall around him. Oh yeah. boy! No. Oh boy! Hot take. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that. So there, I usually cut wall stuff. And okay. I mean, he well, leaps, Matt's like, he leaps, what? These guys aren't Trumpsters. <laughs> he, 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 he leaps tall buildings in a single bound. This wall is not tall enough. <laughs> it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be the the best wall. We'll make okay. crypt. Krypton pay for it, uh, sir. Oh, too, too soon. Nope. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> <laughs>